it has been a hot minute. Do I remember how to do this? I think so. Okay. What sucked me back into Warehouse 13 again? Have my opinions changed significantly since I recorded my initial episode about the cult favorite TV series? Did I gain more insight about the characters? You bet your sweet bippy we're going to be discussing all of this and so much more on this episode of Lasers and Lockets, the podcast that celebrates strong and complex female characters in science fiction and fantasy entertainment. This is episode 56. Is that the theme I hear? Welcome back to the show. I'm Lee, your friendly neighborhood host. Before we dive in tonight, I've gathered a few nerdy stories to amuse your coworkers while you wait for that perpetually late person in the Zoom call. News. The best news I've seen in weeks, Motherland Fort Salem has its second season premiere date set for Tuesday, June 22nd. I am so excited. And I've been waiting so long for the show to return. I I cannot wait. The teaser trailers have been out, so you can catch those on YouTube. Uh, The Motherland Fort Salem channel on YouTube is good for that. You can also see them on Instagram. That's where I saw them for the first time, which is awesome. I'm probably going to do a quick rewatch of that series as well uh, right before the new season comes out, just to remind myself about what happened last season. Black Widow will be releasing in theaters and on Disney Plus Premier Access on July 9th. That might just be the film that gets me back into a theater, but we shall see. I sure hope it's worth the wait. It feels like it's been forever. As part of my wait, I have been re-watching all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe films uh, in chronological order this time, which has been a lot of fun. Lastly... Just a wee reminder to make sure you're following our podcast on Apple Podcasts or whatever your choice of podcast app is. You'll find us in, like I said, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and pretty much anywhere you want to listen to podcasts. You can also always find us at our website, lasersandlocketspod.com. Okay, let's get on with the show tonight. So I recorded my initial Warehouse 13 episode back in... 2018, I believe, and it was the third episode ever of my podcast that I recorded. Listening back through it, I felt deeply uncomfortable because I could tell how nervous I was and I had scripted everything out. But a lot has changed in three years, including my opinions regarding Micah, H.G. Wells, and Claudia, so I thought it would be fun to do a full rewatch of the series. A comfort rewatch, if you will, because uh, Warehouse 13 is always a comfort show for me, and I just, it was such a great thing to do. The thing, though, that prompted the rewatch was an incredibly revealing interview uh, that I watched a few weekends ago. I guess it was probably more like a month or two ago, um, but it was between Jamie Murray and Joanne Kelly at Klexicon Virtual 2021. Now, it was not the first time that I'd heard those two on a panel. I had devoured most Warehouse 13 panels, interviews, etc. But there was such an incredible openness and vulnerability in this particular panel. 
And I learned so many fascinating tidbits during it. Uh, and, and one of the really interesting things about this panel is unlike a lot of other online conventions, and especially like Klexicon in previous years, these panels were not recorded. Uh, they they were recorded just for people who had purchased the tickets, but then they went away uh, after a very short period of time. So it was kind of special to be able to watch it and see and, and learn so much from that particular panel. Due to the, the, the vulnerability and the really open talk between Jamie Murray and Joanne Kelly during this panel, it actually changed my view of especially the character of Micah Baring. And I wanted to do a rewatch of the whole series because of that. I wanted to scrutinize, not in a bad way, maybe scrutinize is not the right word for that. Maybe, okay, I wanted to inspect, I don't know. I wanted to rewatch all the scenes between her and Helena. Let's just, we'll go with that. Uh, I wanted to explore the character's growth uh, through the seasons as well. I wanted to look at them with my, you know, quote unquote, grown up eyes now. Uh, after all, so much in life has changed since 2018. And I've changed a lot in that time as well. So I hope you guys will come along on a ride with me tonight uh, with this adventure of Warehouse 13. So I busted out my trusty DVD box set and look, you know, I don't know if you've seen the DVD box set of Warehouse 13. And in fact, there probably are new box sets, but my particular box set looks like a Farnsworth, which is super cool. I'll try to post a picture of it on uh, Twitter and also on my website so that you can see what it looks like. But uh, when I popped the first disc into my PS4, the glorious early 2000-ish um, DVD menu felt like coming home. If you're not familiar with Warehouse 13, let me give you a little bit of a, a recap just so that we're all on the same page here. So the best way that I can think to describe Warehouse 13 is that it follows a group of warehouse agents, Micah Baring, Pete Latimer, Resident Geek, Claudia Donovan, H.G. Wells, yes, that H.G. Wells, more on that later for sure, um, and various other really colorful characters. The, the warehouse is governed by a board of regents and is not owned by any one government. However, Micah, Artie, and Pete are all Secret Service agents, uh, as far as I remember. And I know that Micah and Pete are for sure, but I also think that Artie is too. I better look that up again. Anyway, so these agents find artifacts that have been imbued with magical properties. Some are harmless, others are really, really dangerous. Uh, basically, these objects are imbued with power from their original owner who created the artifact. So usually it's created because of something major that occurs in that person's life. So, for example, uh, there is Alice's looking glass. And uh, what happened with that is Alice, is, the murderous Alice, um, is trapped inside the looking glass. So if you know anything about fairy tales, a lot of fairy tales are actually super dark. Um, and they're just, they've been kind of dumbed down by Disney and various other companies to make them look more um, G-rated, if you will. <laughs> Maybe that's the right term for it. But really, original uh, fairy tales are very dark, very uh, morally charged. And so 
yeah so they have the they have alice's looking glass in there and the murderous alice is trapped inside so if a flash of light occurs while somebody is looking at the looking glass they transfer places with alice and so alice possesses their body and they are trapped inside the mirror so you have to get anyway that's what kind of what happens with with um, these objects so they might have good things that they they can do they might have good powers but they often always have a downside so these warehouse agents will go out into the world they'll snag these uh, objects bag them in uh, these anti-static sort of uh, bags and bring them back to the warehouse uh, where everything is housed and it's kept away from the general public for the safety of the whole world uh, the warehouse is basically uh, the. I think they t- they tag it as the world's most dangerous antiques roadshow, and I think the Artie refers to it as America's attic, which is also kind of funny. So tonight we're going to talk about Micah Baring, Claudia Donovan, H.G. or Helena Wells, Lena, and Mrs. Friedrich. So in my original um, my original podcast episode, I only talked about Micah, Claudia, and H.G. But I wanted to expand it out and discuss the other really incredible female characters in this series, too. So I think, uh, first up, let's chat about Mrs. Friedrich. So Mrs. Friedrich is probably the most... Well, I wouldn't say she's the most mysterious on the show, because I feel like Lena is definitely the most mysterious on the show. But Mrs. Friedrich is often considered mysterious throughout the run of the series, she suddenly disappears and reappears and so a lot of people believe she actually has the ability to like apparate um or something along disapparate or and apparate those types of things and uh, she is considered the caretaker of the warehouse so she's actually psychologically bonded to the warehouse and she hand selected micah and pete to be warehouse agents and is also she's kind of also the sole protector of the warehouse uh, in, from keeping it in, in getting into the wrong hands, and uh, and Mrs. Friedrich is played by the incredibly talented CCH Pounder, and I don't know if you've ever seen CCH Pounder in a different series or movie or whatever it may be, but she has had an incredibly diverse career spanning all the way back to. I believe it was 1979. Let me just look at my notes here. Yeah, 1979, which is really incredible. You might have seen her in Avatar or The Mortal Instruments, City of Bones. Uh, it's also rumored that she'll be in Avatar 2 and 3 when those releases. Those release. Uh, can you can you believe that they're doing an Avatar 2 and 3? I mean, Avatar was a huge film when it came out. It was pretty incredible. But uh, yeah, I, I find it interesting they're thinking about doing 2 and 3. Anyways, I digress. Uh, I remember her from ER, though, and that was my most favorite medical drama as a youth. And it's widely accepted as still the most medically accurate television show, uh, you know, of all those doctor shows. I hate to break it to you, but Grey's Anatomy, not particularly um, (laughs) medically accurate, but ER was always super accurate. And I remember her from it as Dr. Angela Hicks on it, so... Anyway, uh, Mrs. Friedrich, to me, is one of the most fascinating characters. Uh, I always kind of initially thought of her as a little bit scary, and Pete often refers to her as, like, the freaky lady that just appears out of nowhere. 
But there are a couple of really interesting features about Mrs. Friedrich, I think, that we need to discuss to kind of bring her into the fold of the warehouse uh, here. So Mrs. Friedrich is clearly ageless. So throughout the run of the series, you see photos of her back like 60 years ago and she hasn't aged at all and i think and that's actually a a product of being a caretaker to the warehouse it keeps you young you know you're imbued with the magic and everything from the warehouse which is really cool in addition to her her agelessness she also like i mentioned before has the ability to to disapparate and apparate again i think they call it teleportation um i think i think that's the thing that they decide she has because she can just disappear but also you see her driving in vehicles a lot too, so I don't know what I believe about that. But uh, that's another one of her possible powers, but she has a definite power of artifact detection. So she has the ability that before an object is born, she senses that it's being born and she can uh, help somebody locate that object, which is really cool. Although she's not the highest authority when it comes to the warehouse and she reports directly to the regents, she still has a lot of control over the warehouse and everything to do with it. Her age is, is really unknown, and I think that's one of the really cool things about it. She's lived through hundreds of years, basically. I think that she, uh, the show mentions that she took over as the caretaker after... 1898, that's what it was, uh, after her sister died. So there's not actually a, a t an exact date for that. But yeah, after 1898, she takes over as that. So she hasn't aged since 1898-ish time. Her sister, uh, fun fact, was actually the original caretaker of Warehouse 13. So I thought that was really a cool thing that I discovered in the rewatch. So like Pete, uh, she also has these vibes. So she can kind of sense when something bad is going to happen. And uh, I think that's a really cool tie that she has with Pete. And maybe that's why she chose Pete for the warehouse. I love how strong and brave and intelligent. And I, I find her to just have such a really charming sense of humor in the series. Mrs. Friedrich is kind of like the mother of all of the warehouse agents, really. She, But she has such a fun, dry sense of humor, and I find that really charming. I believe that her name in the series is also particularly symbolic, and I don't know if they intended to do this, but her name itself in the series, Mrs. Friedrich, um, I believe that it means peaceful ruler, which I think think is pretty fitting because her first name is Eileen uh, in the series, which is really cool. But it seems fitting for a caretaker of a warehouse to have the, the name that means peaceful ruler because in order for somebody to control the warehouse, they have to be very calm. There are a couple of really funny moments in the early seasons where Pete and Micah are fighting down on the warehouse floor and it kicks up all of this negative energy, which makes all the artifacts act up, which is, is really quite funny. So somebody needs to be super calm and peaceful in taking care of, of that particular warehouse. So Mrs. Friedrich kind of leads me into talking about Lena. So Lena is by far the most mysterious character and the one that I always feel like I didn't get to know very well uh, through the course of the series Although I kind of feel like 
you do get enough glimpses of her personality that it makes it easy to love Lena. And after Lena leaves the series, you kind of feel like there's a missing piece, really. I, I At least I feel like that. I don't know about you guys, but I really feel like there was a missing piece uh, with that. So Lena owns the inn that the Warehouse 13 agents live at. It's called Lena's Bed and Breakfast. Uh, Lena is played by uh, actress Janelle Williams. And I haven't, I don't know where else I've seen her, uh, but I'm sure you can check out her IMDb to see where else and what else she's been in recently or, or lately. Micah refers to Lena as like their mom uh, of the thing, which is funny because I just mentioned that Mrs. Friedrich is kind of like the mom. Um, but really, Lena is kind of like the mom. She takes care of them. She makes sure that the agents are, are comfortable. And Lena was a character that I was immediately uh, intrigued by because she clearly has something special about her and you just want to know more about her because clearly she's not just the owner of the bed and breakfast. There's something really interesting about her. Lena, as you learn, can read people's auras as well as auras of objects. So with that special skill, it uh, kind of gives her the ability in the warehouse to make sure that objects are placed in the right places so that they play nicely with each other. And uh, very early on, like in the first episode, really, uh, a little object sneaks into Micah's purse on their tour through the, the warehouse the first time. And Alina can sense that something is wrong. And so she finds it in, in Micah's room and brings it back to the warehouse to put it away, which is, is kind of a cool thing. I feel like Lena, more than anyone, uh, knows the most about the warehouse, probably almost as much as Mrs. Friedrich, which is, is really interesting. In season one, spoiler alert, uh, Lena is controlled by James McPherson. And I think that that breeds some sort of mistrust um, of herself even a little bit, as well as some mistrust of, of some of the other characters in the series uh, initially. But uh, that's one of the really cool things about the series is that there really isn't this cattiness between the female characters, which you often see on TV shows. There isn't vying for attention or anything like that. And I, and I feel like Lena is a really wonderful part of, of the series. The series just, like I said before, just would not be the same without her as a character. Lena's personality, though, changes, I feel like, pretty consistently and pretty dramatically from the pilot. Uh, at least I feel that way. In the pilot, she was much more kind of like flirtatious with Pete, uh, among some other things. But that type of um, interaction with, with the group dies off. As, uh, as the series goes on, and she kind of becomes this, this um, comforter kind of character, which is, is, I think, a really important one, because these other characters are so broken and scared about things, and Lena is really there as this constant comfort uh, to make sure that they feel safe and, and taken care of, which is, is really cool. All right, let's uh, motor along here to, so we've got Mrs. Friedrich, we've got Lena, and then we've got Claudia. And I find that Claudia is one of the most integral parts of Warehouse 13. And I find that funny 
in a little bit, you know, in a little way, because she was only ever supposed to be a guest on the series, and then she became a fan favorite, and then she became this integral part of the series. So, uh, Claudia is played by the incredibly talented and fun Allison Scaliotti. You may have seen her in the also short, somewhat short-lived, okay, super short-lived, uh, series Stitchers, which was, I quite enjoyed it, but uh, did I do an episode about that? I feel like I did. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I just talked about it in a different episode. Do you guys want an episode about Stitchers? Uh, let me know on Twitter with the hashtag lasersLockets, and I, I would be happy to oblige on that. Anywho. For me, at the time that I watched Warehouse 13 for the first time, Claudia was hands down my favorite character, and she still is very close to my first favorite character uh, in, in the series. At the time when I originally watched it, she made Warehouse 13 accessible for me because I related to her. I'm a nerd just like her. Uh, and I love in the series that she calls herself Warehouse 13 Next Generation, uh, and she makes the, you know, the Spock... Uh, the Vulcan, you know, live long and prosper gesture. And I thought that was super funny. She did it to Mrs. Friedrich, which I found greatly amusing. But anyway, Claudia to me is one of the, the strongest characters on the series. She was orphaned at a very young age, and then she loses her brother too, who has been raising her. And she has a pretty tragic backstory, probably the, the second most tragic <laughs> actually probably the most tragic on the whole series uh, for claudia humor is is the way that she gets by it's her defense mechanism and but it's also the thing that makes her so accessible and how everyone kind of falls in love with her is just how funny she is she's headstrong she's intelligent uh, i'd say she's probably a genius uh, she fits right in with the people in eureka so uh just a side note warehouse 13 lives in the same um, the same universe as Eureka, as well as another short-lived series called Alphas, I believe. Uh, but Warehouse 13 and Eureka had a couple of crossover episodes, and they were some of my favorites, because I loved Eureka, and I know that we've done an episode about Eureka. Uh, but it's just, it's so much fun uh, to see those. And Claudia goes in between Eureka and the warehouse frequently. Uh, she's She's fits right in there so that's cool claudia is also full of ingenuity which i love about her she creates several really cool inventions throughout the course of her time at warehouse 13 and they're considered artifacts uh if you look at the at the uh, at the fan wiki what is that thing called anyway uh if you look at that you can see a list of all of the artifacts that were discussed during Warehouse 13, and I, I think it's so cool to go through and look at all of the different pieces of history and the different uh, creations of Claudia, too, which is really cool. I, I believe she created a mini Tesla and also a few other really incredible items uh, later on down the series. Claudia has been on her on her own for so long that I think she feels a little bit lost after she's rescued by uh, by Artie and the team. And her brother is saved from the void, and she doesn't know quite what to do with herself. But everybody believes in Claudia. And I love the relationship between Micah and Claudia in those initial episodes, because 
Micah really takes Claudia under her wing and just lets her know that everything's going to be okay. And I just, I love that little sisterly love between Micah and Claudia. They tease each other. They have a lot of fun. But also, you know, Micah helps Claudia to feel safe there. Uh, There was a really great quote in season one when Micah says, Claudia, I know what it's like to be your age and have no one that believes in you. You're good. You're really good. You're going to be fine or you'll be fine. Uh, Close quote. I just really loved that quote and the the confidence that Micah has in Claudia. And I just, I love the relationship between them. It's one of my favorite parts of the series and it still is. Uh, Claudia also has an incredible soft spot for HG or Helena Wells. And I think she appreciates HG's outlook on life and her strength. And I think she also kind of feels a kindred spirit with her. They they both have a tragic backstory. They're both tinkerers. They're both incredibly intelligent and people discount them at every turn because of who they are. Uh, and I just, I love the the relationship and the the ease of forgiveness that, uh, that Claudia gives HG in, in many circumstances. And I love that kindred spirit that they have between them. It's one of the, the coolest parts of the series, I feel. So the thing that that really makes Claudia my favorite character, or one of my favorite characters in the series, close to my favorite, I should say, is that Claudia believes in people. Uh, She believes in the redemption of people. She believes that you should never take somebody at face value. Uh, And I love that she's incredibly loyal to the people that she loves. And I I think that's a really important feature of her character, because... There are so many times when she could just turn her back on Micah or HG or Pete or Artie. Artie, you know, side note, in this watch through the series, I found Artie to be my least favorite character again. I found him to be very black and white, unwilling to give somebody another chance, you know, things like that. He he just... He was too, I don't know, he's very cranky. And maybe that's just who his character is. It's <laughs> just a cranky, cranky dude. But I feel like he, I don't know, I just didn't really love him in this in this watch through. Anyway. Okay. I think that's kind of a good segue into H.G. Wells because, man, Artie does not trust H.G. Wells. Uh, but anyway, I love hg wells in this series so uh her her name is also helena wells that's her actual name and uh they play off the conspiracy theory that hg was actually a woman uh and that's you know kind of i love little fun conspiracy theories like that but i find her to be an incredibly complex and fascinating character and i think she probably is my favorite on the series now with the rewatch. I just found her character to be so interesting. And uh, HG or Helena is played by, I think I'll just refer to it as HG just for ease of understanding uh, throughout the rest of this podcast. But uh, HG is played by the delightful Jamie Murray. Uh, I have seen her in very few things, but just because I haven't watched these series, but you may also know her from Spartacus, Dexter. Once upon a time, I have seen her in that. The originals, uh, which I have not watched, 
or uh, the BBC series Hustle, which I also have not watched. <laughs> so, but she she is pretty um, popular in those series. Okay, so in Warehouse Thirteen, they uh, they show that Helena was the brains and behind the inventions and the books, but her brother was the the face of them, the writer, uh, if you will. So super interesting if you think about a woman being the one who conceptualized all these devices. And in fact, one of the really cool things is that there's an entire episode dedicated to her time machine, uh, which is really cool. Uh, Yeah, anyway, loved that episode. It's one of my favorites. So at the time that Helena was alive, so in Victorian England, uh, Helena was considered incredibly progressive, and so was her brother. He was always into suffragette movements and things like that, and I love that they bring that up in the series. In Warehouse 13, she's also a woman out of time, misplaced from time, I should say. <laughs> and uh, I, I love the idea of this, uh, you know, historic character being part of the modern world. And of anyone who could be a part of the modern world, Helena is probably the best one to do that because she is, you know, her her curiosity, her mind is definitely something that would grow and continue to develop in the modern world. I don't think she would feel out of place for a very long time. However, with that said, uh, Helena has one of the most powerful backstories. So when uh, the reason why she was bronzed, so you're going to have to watch Warehouse 13 to understand that one, but bronzing is basically what they do to the most dangerous people in history that they can't risk, that they might be resurrected or anything like that. So they put the person in a coma, basically, and br- encase them in bronze in the warehouse so that they can't do anything, which is kind of the worst form of a prison because it's your prison of your own mind. But... Micah asks to be bronze, or not Micah, <laughs> Helena, <laughs> HG, uh, asks to be bronzed at the time back in the 1800s because uh, her daughter is murdered. And I think she initially really hopes that she'll wake up in a world uh, that's better than the world she was in before. And she also kind of has this hope that technology will progress beyond where it was at the time and that maybe she could go back and change the past. But one thing that they discover with time travel is there's no way to change the past. You can relive it through somebody else's eyes, but you can never change what actually happens. So I find that to be a really powerful thing. But the thing that HG uh, talks about in this, this super powerful quote is she said, Every day in this world is a reminder of what I've lost. My child, my friends, my life. I have no tether here. And that's a really telling statement that she makes in season two, because it kind of is the catalyst for what happens uh, as the seasons, as the season progresses, especially. And uh, it's just a really, uh, her storyline I just love. HG is an incredibly intelligent and quick-witted and powerful woman. And I feel like she makes Micah flower or blossom, I should say. That was a weird way to say that. <laughs> she makes Micah blossom uh, and to feel more more headstrong and more, more powerful herself. I love that HG is unwilling to be anything but her headstrong self. She doesn't pretend to be weak. She doesn't pretend to... Uh, she doesn't dumb herself down to make uh, someone else feel comfortable, which I love. There are just so many great things about her as a character. 
the the power of the character though is in her scenes with Micah. The character is you know HG as a character is complex and messy and gray. And that's one thing that I love about her character is that she's so three-dimensional, which is incredibly powerful. But when it comes to Micah and where Micah is concerned, HG is not gray about her at all. Uh, She proves that redemption is possible, and I love that about their relationship. Micah is the only person in the world who could have gotten through to HG and stopped her from destroying the world. And HG is the only person in the world who could get Micah to come back to the warehouse after what happened at the end of season two. There are these these little things that you notice. And so I, I encourage you to do a rewatch. And I learned about a few of these little things as you, as I was listening to the, the panel with Jamie and Joanne. But there are these little things that you notice that they sneaked in during takes and it really makes us ship Baring and Wells forever, really. Uh, for example, if you look at their hands in the, uh, the out-of-time episode where they use the time machine, HG is holding Micah's hand and stroking the back of her hand uh, as she's checking her vitals. She doesn't do the same thing with Pete. Uh, the elevator eyes that are in, in the episode when Claudia falls into the vat of the sports drink and HG saves her with science, uh, which is really cool. The moment with HG and Micah on the bench at the funeral, uh, the look on HG's face after Micah drives away on the final episode you see them together in season four. And of course, who can forget the iconic I smell apples line? That will forever be Baring and Wells' code for I love you, and no one can convince me differently. And frankly, in that, in that uh, panel, they basically uh, confirmed that as well. So I will always forever think of that line as I love you and not I smell apples. <laughs> so I think that is a nice transition into the final character that I want to discuss. You know who she is, Micah Baring. <laughs> So Micah Baring is played by uh, Joanne Kelly, as I mentioned before. And Joanne Kelly has not done much acting beyond uh, Warehouse 13 or after Warehouse 13. And you find out that she actually transitioned into writing and directing after that. And I cannot wait to see some of her projects in the future. I love that she transitioned into that because she wanted to see characters, uh, female characters that are strong and powerful and well-written. And I think that's a a really wonderful thing. So as far as all of the characters in the series, my opinion of Micah improved significantly with this rewatch. In my initial episode about Warehouse 13, I expressed frustration with Micah at the beginning of the series. After hearing Joanne talk about uh, the behind the scenes situations with season one and two and, and, and onward and doing a rewatch, I actually ended up loving Micah so much more. So I hope you, you'll kind of stick with me as we go through this. Early in the series, Micah as a character is damaged. She's scared. She's unsure. She needs approval from everyone, especially Artie. And she always brushes off Pete's dumb, nonstop comments. Oh, just drives me crazy. 
the the thing that I so side note here, <laughs> the thing that I have to mention is that the writing of much of the dialogue in the early seasons is super sexist. And I understand that Sci-Fi Channel at the time was largely, the, the audience was largely young men. I get that. But it could have been so much better if it had been less sexist. Like, it was so much more than I remembered. Pretty prob- problematic if, if, you, if you listen to, to it carefully. Like, when Pete finds out that Micah's middle name is Ophelia, he says, can I feel your boobies? Uh, and I just, and, and Micah shakes off that, you know, oh, Pete kind of thing. And oh my goodness, you could see Micah just trying to fight back. And also, I think you could see a little bit of Joanne just hating lines like that. And lines like that made me feel really uncomfortable in this rewatch of the series. I clearly have changed over the years, and I feel like that wouldn't occur as much now nowadays. Uh, if, if Warehouse 13 was to be made again right now, I think a lot of things would have been different, and, and those lines and that t- kind of dialogue I think would be quite different. The other thing that really drives me crazy is that Pete is always kind of the one who's rescuing Micah and he's always like, oh, calm down, Micah, you know, things like that. Micah is kind of like the squeaky one. But I loved understanding that Micah is just the scared person who needs approval from everyone at the beginning of the series. But one really cool thing is that luckily Micah grows up as the series goes on. And largely in part because Joanne fought for Micah's character to progress beyond season one. And you'll find that she becomes less squeaky, less yelly, more calm as the series goes on. But it's just part of Micah's character that she's pretty uptight. But she becomes a little bit less uptight as, as the series go on, which goes on, which is good. I love that Micah becomes more sure of herself, more willing to be vulnerable with people, more willing to let people in. And of course, Pete was part of that. And I'm not saying that Pete is a terrible character because he does have a lot of respect for Micah and for the other women uh, that are on the series. But I would actually credit her coming out of her shell to HG and Claudia way more than I would credit Pete in that. So HG makes Micah feel safe and that she was really the only one who could have convinced Micah that she was okay, you know, and that, and that everything was going to be okay after the events of season two. Nobody else could convince her of that. And Micah is, is never judged by Claudia or HG, I feel. She was allowed to exist in an incredibly intelligent space with these women and while Micah is probably one of the most intelligent women in the room, intelligent people in the room, I should say, way more intelligent than Pete or Artie or any of those, uh, any of those people in the warehouse. But Micah, th- this friendship that forms with Claudia, this sisterhood that forms with Claudia, and also the relationship between Micah and HG, it just is such a wonderful part of Warehouse 13 these women are allowed to exist in this incredibly intelligent space and I still love it about the series and I loved it even more this time around. Some things I think that you'll notice about Micah 
is that she's book smart, but she's also street smart, which is a rare combination. Uh, She's super observant. She's kind. She's funny. She's powerful. She's compassionate. She's practical, which I love. Uh, That's one of my favorite things about Warehouse 13 is that she actually wears really practical shoes through the whole series. You know, it, it drives me crazy in detective series where, side note, uh, where the the female detectives wear incredibly uncomfortable shoes. Uh, like when I was watching the tunnel and I saw the character wearing Doc Martin boots, I was like, hallelujah, you're wearing normal shoes. Anyway, so <laughs> I have very passionate feelings about shoes on women in TV series. Anyway, like you can't run for miles in those high heels. You're going to break an ankle. Okay. Back to back to H H G and Micah here. Um, I think that a super powerful part of the bond between Micah and H G is that while Micah felt incredibly betrayed by H G after she Tesla'd them, uh, Pete and Mike, Micah at uh, at the warehouse twelve, um, she also understood. And was willing to give HG a second chance. She understood why HG was so distraught. She understood why HG was doing what she was doing. But she also knew that HG felt something for her. And she was able to get through to the essence of who HG was and stop her. HG was not a bad person. She had just spent centuries bronzed and let it and let her hatred fester. And that's a really important thing about Warehouse 13 is it talks about how a lot of times uh, that's the difficult thing is that if you let hatred live in you, it just starts to fester and it gets worse and worse. You kind of have to let it go. And uh, Micah really helps HG do that. And and that's, I think, a super powerful part of that bond between them. And I think uh, one of my favorite lines between them is beyond the I smell apples line is uh, how do you say goodbye to the one person who knows you better than anyone? And uh, Micah replies, I wish I knew. And you can really feel the tender love that they have for each other. And you can see it in their hug in their very last time. You see it in the little look that uh, HG sneaks in. Well, I should say Jamie sneaks in as HG when Micah drives away for the last time in season four. Uh, Yeah, just really incredible. And I feel like, again, if this series was made now, I think that they would have been a lot more willing to explore that relationship between HG and Micah. But at the time, they did what they could. And uh, I think that they did a good job with it, with what they had. Okay. I think I've rambled enough about all of the incredible women on Warehouse 13, and I feel like you all should now know that you should watch the rest of Warehouse 13 if you've only just started it, uh, or if you haven't started it yet. Get in, explore the world. You're going to love Warehouse 13. You're going to love the characters. You're going to love the humor. You're going to love the artifacts, the history, oh, everything, the steampunk uh, stuff. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be great. But what is my verdict? after this eye-opening rewatch guys warehouse 13 holds up pretty well it's still fun engaging as it was years ago there are of course like i mentioned before some pretty problematic writing choices and i am still incredibly upset about season five i'm not even going to go into it here but check out my original episode on warehouse 13 episode three of this podcast 
uh, to hear all about my little soapbox rant about season five. But I am so profoundly impressed with what Joanne Kelly and Jamie Murray, Allison Scaliotti, CCH Pounder, and Janelle Williams were able to do with what they had. We sometimes forget when we're watching series that, uh, you know, about the context and the time period when something was filmed. And really, I think they did the best with what they, you know, they could with what they had. All of the women on the show did an incredible job, and they created a lifelong fan out of this nerdy gal. And that's a big thing. Uh, I still love to introduce people to Warehouse 13, and I'm sure I will for years to come. So I think that brings us to the episode question. If you had to be paired up with one of the Warehouse 13 agents, who would it be and why? I think I would most definitely choose Helena or Claudia, just because I think I'd have more in common with them. I think I'd also just be in awe of HG, and I just want to kind of follow her around and learn things from her. I cannot wait to uh, see your responses, though. Tweet them using that hashtag #LasersLockets. Or you can join us over on our Discord server. It's been pretty quiet recently, but feel free to pop in and join us. Uh, I'd, I'd love to get it more active there, but pop in, join us, join the discussion there. And uh, I think that brings us to the end of this episode. Yeah, I think so. We'll catch you back here soon with something a little special. I cannot wait. I'm just going to give you a little teaser there. Something special. Until then, uh, don't leave home without your Farnsworth and your Tesla. And if someone appears with Lizzie Borden's compact, do not look at it. Much like Alice trapped in her looking glass, nothing good ever comes from mirrors in the warehouse people. Get your nerd on and be awesome. All right. <laughs>